Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast, everybody. I am Chris Branch, your co-host, along with Brody Miller, the other co-host of this podcast. Brody, it's been one week since we talked, and the entire program has changed. You want to get into it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of has in some ways. Yeah, it has basically been the... Uh, I think if there's a theme for the seven days since this last podcast, I think it's... Uh, out with the old and with the new. I feel like a little bit of old is back, I guess. But I feel like that's the theme. It's like new regime is pretty much the theme of this week, right? I might I might be overstating our importance here. But also for the Second Straight Podcast, we stopped recording. We sent off our podcast to our editors, who are wonderful. They got it out quickly. And about 30 minutes later, I got a text from Brody saying, I'm hearing some stuff on Frank Wilson. And then that was about seven hires ago and seven fires ago. So it, the last time we talked, LSU had just hired a strength coach and it was encouraging. And, you know, Brian Kelly seemed to be making moves. And then he made. I think every Brian Polian had happened by then. I don't even think Polian had happened. No, Polian happened. Polian definitely happened. Yeah. So we had Polian and Flint. And I think and there was, was another small one. Like there was like another tiny one. But yeah, that was pretty much it. And then all of a sudden. Frank Wilson. And then everything happens. Then, so uh, I think we should go with let's let's start with the outs. Who who is out, Brody? Yeah. So obviously, um, okay. In the past week, we now know that def- revered cornerback, the most noteworthy, definitely revered cornerbacks coach Corey Raymond is out for Florida, which we can dive into in a moment. Um, running backs coach Kevin Falk is out, and it looks like Frank Wilson will probably just step into that role. Um, as reported about 30 minutes before he recorded and kind of been assumed for a while, but Bruce Feldman, our colleague, just reported uh, today that D- passing game coordinator DJ Mangus is out. Again, not exactly a surprise, but still just – it's probably more surprising that he's even out for the bowl game. I think that's probably the bigger shock there. Right. Um, I think we already knew this, but receivers coach Mickey Joseph is out. And I believe in terms of confirmed moves that those are the outs – then the ins, if you, if I will, if I may, Go um, ahead. F- Frank Wilson as associate head coach, and I think one might assume running backs coach. Um, then Brad Davis is staying on as offensive line coach, which is big news. Um, mm-hmm. The only coach so far that has actually been retained. Um, and Kerry Cooks is in as cornerbacks, or actually no, just he's in as a defensive assistant, and his role will be figured out. Safe to assume one of the two D back coach jobs. And then um, lastly, um, Brian Polian is, well, firstly, but Brian Polian is in his special teams coach. So still the biggest moves have not yet been decided in offensive coordinator and defense coordinator, receivers coach, things like that, quarterbacks, linebackers, all that. That is still very much up in the air. But uh, but I, the way I'd put it to people is, and I wrote this that, that night, is I think the hires that you could point to, though, and I think this was strategic for what it's worth, is they are the top-down hires. And I know we're conditioned to think coordinators are the top-down hires, but the way Kelly had structured things so far, at least, and the way that I think is important, just because he is, you know, distant sounds like a negative word, but it's not meant to be negative, but he's kind of a bird's-eye view CEO. That just is how he runs things. Like, he has good relationships with people, but he's not, like, in the ins and outs of everything. And I think it's very notable that the hires he made first we talked about this already. The strength coach, Jake Flint, 
Mm-hmm. The associate head coach, uh, Frank Wilson, who's really the, the recruiter, and special teams coordinator, Brian Pullian. Those are the three guys who are essentially, in reality, his like co-head coaches or like his top lieutenants. I think that is safe to say. They're the three most important for that. And now the ones that are still getting figured out are the scheme-esque hires. So I think, right. anyway, I take that how you will. I want to I want to dive in on one point here, and you know a lot of it has been made about these hires. I I don't need us to dive deep on every single guy. We have all off season to do that. The, it was it was such an emotional swing for the LSU fan base because first you hire Frank Wilson away from a head coaching job at McNeese State. Still, you hired away a head coach who uh, is known as the king of Louisiana recruiting, is basically revered as like this. Uh, venerable mafioso guy uh, on the recruiting trail in Louisiana. And, you know, you saw troves of former players saying, like, this is huge. We'd love it. Was like, like holy crap, pe- they actually did it. It was basically people, the vibe. People yeah. were almost more excited for that than they were for getting Brian Kelly. And so that's that shout out to Brian Kelly. I would say for, they were. Doing yeah, that. I think it's accurate. Well, because Brian Kelly's unfamiliar. Uh, Frank Wilson, everybody knows Frank. So you hire him, it's a huge coup. And I, I you know, Nothing showed the difference between top tier college football and FCS college football to me. And I feel bad for McNeese because Frank was making like a little over $200,000 that McNeese has coach. And I think he's yeah. right at 900 something uh, at LSU to be Nine, assistant head coach. averaging 950. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, assistant and I was head told coach. he had no intention of leaving. He was just like, they made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. I, do you, would you turn down hey, a $750,000 raise? raise? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, anyway. So then, but it's this kind of trade-off where the other big recruiting guy who has pulled in so many notable names that you know, Corey Raymond, goes and basically takes the Frank Wilson job at Florida for Billy Napier, just adding to this sweet drama that we're going to get every year, once again with Florida, with the guy that wanted to be at LSU that LSU did not want, hiring away the other big recruiting Don in this state, that was and he has Jabbar Jaluk, who was like, again, I think his value might be overstated, but remember when O took over and the whole thing was like, they fired Jabbar Jaluk and he was the New Orleans expert, then there was going to be like a, a high school coaching like boycott of LSU. Remember that whole thing? That was yeah, before I yeah, got I do. Here. But again, like I think his status might be a little exaggerated, but still, it's like Jabbar Jaluk and Corey Raymond at Louisiana, plus Napier and Andrew Tony and a bunch of, you know, just really good Louisiana recruiters. Sorry, continue your point. Just wanted to jump No, it's, it's just, it's, it was basically this, like, uh, we're going to win a national title, and then Corey Raymond leaves, and Florida is going to beat us every year. And I think both of those are very dumb. I think that you basically had one spot on the staff. Am I wrong there? Thinking for this associate head coach recruiting guy, we got Frank. And Corey got offered that job, was not going to have that role at LSU with Frank there. And Corey went, and that's fine. But Yeah, I oh go on, sorry. I, I was just gonna say that I don't think LSU in the in, in the big equation there, I don't think LSU has lost a ton. Now, I don't know how much LSU has gained by this, but I think the status remains the same that it should be a recruiting powerhouse with Frank Wilson at the helm. Now, Corey Raymond hurts because he, you know, basically helped LSU garner this DBU uh, moniker through recruiting and coaching. But 
I, I got faith in Frank Wilson. I mean, am, am I wrong on here? Can you can you tell me where, so where I'm astray? So I see how you view it that way as like kind of the one-to-one Frank and Corey. And obviously we're like conditioned to think that way because of literally the fact that, you know, they like one was in, one was out the next day. But And I know Corey was technically recruiting coordinator. But the first thing I tell like everybody, and I really mean it's like recruiting coordinator is sometimes very real, yeah. But like a lot of the times, the literal title of recruiting coordinator is a way to get someone a brace. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. Tommy Robinson was recruiting coordinator during the title season. I don't think Tommy Robinson was really the recruiting guy, really calling shots in recruiting. So I do not think that that Corey Raymond's departure has any connection to Frank Wilson. I don't. Now, I think the Corey Raymond situation, again, there's a lot that's still a little unclear, but yeah, I think that probably has more to do with the fact that he still hadn't heard from Brian Kelly as of, what was that, Thursday when that came down? Like, that mm-hmm. was, and I know a lot of coaches who still have not heard from him, and it's we're going on two and a half weeks now. Um, I think the Corey Raymond situation comes from, you know, quite frankly, multiple years of frustration, you know, that like, it was like every year it would be like, He's flirting with Georgia like he wasn't 18 or every year there's a different thing like that. And then, yeah, they'll get him like, you know, maybe a recruiting coordinator title or they'll they'll give him like a little bump. But, you know, he wanted to be a D.C. title or something like that. You know, it's all these things. And he always just kind of felt a little disrespected by LSU in that way. And on the other hand, I think LSU was also kind of like, hey, you keep flirting with other places every single year. And I will not pretend I have any idea on Brian Kelly's mentality on this because I don't have insight to that. I'll be the first to tell you that. But... I think that probably had more to do with then the Florida situation comes together and it's like, all right, you want me? Let's, you know, and you're going to give me this, this, I don't even remember the title. It's the craziest title I've ever seen, but still a more important title and all that. What was it? Was it assistant head coach of the secondary? It was something I'm crazy looking it like up. Uh, keep, yeah. Keep spinning out for me. But yeah, so I, I think that's probably more what happened with the Corey thing. But the reason it's obviously <laughs> valid to put them together is, yeah, I think losing Mickey. Joseph, who's obviously the New Orleans guy, and Corey is uh and, and even Kevin Falk, who's a great recruiter in Lafayette area and all that, it it is tough because it's like you are losing like I think going from Mickey to Frank in terms of like your New Orleans guy, yeah, that's an upgrade, no doubt about it. And and but the thing Corey's just kind of different. It's not even fair to just like look him and is just like a literal recruiter, and he's a great one, make no mistake. But it's like he had a big role here, like bigger than like, I mean, he was the guy so many players, regardless of position, just looked up to, coaches looked up to. Frank has a lot of that too, so I'm not saying it's like a race, but that's real. Like Corey had a revered place, especially among black players and, and coaches and everyone in this area. He just had a really important place, and obviously the DBU thing is really big, and still I would say LSU was cranking out great DBs before Corey Raymond, but still. So I think it's just like, that's the only reason I'm not like disagreeing with you. I'm just like, I don't know if it's one-to-one because no, that, that, that if anything, more... Mickey, if anything, like Mickey to Frank is, you know what I mean? is like a little more one-to-one, but sure. this, it is just a, it's like on Wednesday, everybody was like, I even wrote it. Oh crap. People actually believe in Brian Kelly now after he got Frank Wilson. And then after Corey left, it's like, oh shit, they're screwed. And it is yeah, just I know. It was just that happened. A fan base just has been in the wind uh, this entire time, but it just, it exhausted me. Um, do you want to hear <laughs> no, Corey's? It exhausted uh, me too, my guy. Corey's title. Yes, please. Cornerbacks coach, not DB coach. Cornerbacks coach and assistant head coach on defense. What the hell does that mean? 
Okay, that is uh, that's pretty good. But I want to say the initial like report before like the official release came out was even crazier. I want to say like Zenitz's had like assisted like I thought it was like assistant head coach of cornerbacks. It was something amazing. But so yes, so wait, wait the, the the one thing and that was you explained well the nuance that I missed there that I I, I do not get because I am not inside the LSU program. So thank that's you for that. Work. Um, did he he wanted to be a defensive coordinator? I don't know if you okay. That's that's tricky. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say Corey Raymond necessarily wanted to like be the defensive coordinator, but I think he wanted a little more respect. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, where, I think where he does wanted, he get that? What what does he want from that? Like, you know, where, I think even when not, he was flirting with Georgia, even when it was Georgia, the flirtation in eighteen, I think it was like give me like a co-DC title. You know what I mean? Where there's like, there's tons of co-DCs. Shoot, Kerry Cook's the new guy. That's what he had that title at Notre Dame and Oklahoma, where it was like okay. co-DC, but in reality, like he, that's like a bigger title to give him. Even And he's like, but he's the DP coach, you know? And like, I think sometimes that's what you want. You just want more respect. I don't know if Corey Raymond's literally like, I just, I, I just want to be calling. I get defense. it. I don't and, know. You know, yeah. Florida was there saying, we'll give you everything you want. So, 100%. Let's yes. So anyway, those two guys, Frank and Corey, just had everybody yo-yoing up and down the ladder of emotions last week. Um, I mean, I I think LSU's in a good spot. You know, we talked about all those other hires, Brian Poley and all that kind of stuff. They all seem like guys that Brian Kelly trusts. Brian Kelly knows he's bringing in his guys. You would expect a head coach to do that. Um, Well, so and I think we should can I jump in real quick? Like, yeah, go ahead. I think. I think the bet, like the real crux of what happened Thursday and Friday between Frank coming in, but then Corey and Falk also leaving and all of that. Yeah. It wasn't even about like each one in a vacuum. I think deep down it was more about he is getting, like, I think the upset feeling, right? Was like he is just cutting out all of our like beloved LSU people. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a big chunk of what really the anchor was. Cause like if you ask me just my personal opinion, like Corey Raymond's a oh my god he's an elite cornerback coach but like LSU will be fine a corner I believe that but I really think it has more to do with like man Falk Raymond Mickey all these guys like it's just like oh wow these guys that like I feel as an LSU they're LSU guys like mm-hmm. those ones who had been here but like for a long time those guys being nudged out I think that's what had people upset and I don't know if that's good or bad but I don't think that's also unintentional by Kelly so and sure I'll, but, yeah I here's here's my a couple of hot takes the only one that hurt the child in me was Kevin Falk because when I was when I was growing up an LSU fan, Kevin Falk was the him and Eddie Kennison were the first really good LSU football players that I loved. So it's been awesome to have Kevin Falk there, and I know he's a great recruiter, and I'm sure he's a great running backs coach. I mean, but it, that is going to hit the nostalgia factor hard for a lot of people my age and older. Um, here's the other thing, though. All of these coaches that we are mourning and so upset about just went 11 and 11 the last two years. <laughs> like this is yeah. like we are we are mourning like we were saying we should basically hold on to 80% of the staff that just put up two of the worst years in LSU modern football history. Like we just got, we have to take a step back and say like you have to expect this kind of stuff. I mean, do, do y'all did y'all want to just run it back with O? Like I, I don't think anybody wanted <laughs> yeah. that. So like, yeah. let's, I know it hurts. I know these are your guys, but like, these are our guys. They are. And like Kevin Falk is going to come back and get a standing ovation anytime he comes back to Tiger Stadium, like forever and ever. And I hope Corey Raymond does too. And all those guys, but 
you know, Kevin Falk did it here on the field too. So I just, I need us to take a step back and, and realize that these should have been kind of expected in some ways and that Kelly is clearly carefully building his staff. Now let's reserve judgment on how that staff does, but yeah. he is clearly making this program in his mold. And I think that's what you want out of a good CEO head coach. So that is my Yeah, piece. And also like, and to bounce on your very perfectly put point, like also the culture was a problem here. Like that was such a big part of the last two years. That was like the big buzzword, right? Like the culture right. is trouble. And again, I, like, so these things aren't black and white. I'm not sitting here saying Corey Raymond and Kevin Fogg are bad for the culture. Please don't accuse me of that. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to pinpoint person to person. But if you're Brian Kelly coming in here, like – I'm not even defending him. Like, yeah, if it was if I was if I was head coach, I probably would have fought to keep Corey Raymond. But like, it's not my job. But I also understand you were coming in here to fix a program, you know, really assigned by Scott Woodward to fix a program that has all these problems. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're probably going to get rid of the guys who are the definition of the old guard, like the definition of like the loyalty loyalists, like here's these previous relationships that people feel connected to and, and might have to look over your shoulder. And again, I'm not saying Corey Raymond or Kevin Falk are making Brian Falk, Kelly look over his shoulder, but like, I, I, I think that's a relevant way to look at it though. Is like the culture was a problem. So yeah, you're going to clean house a little, like that's just realistic. Well, and it's kind of, I mean, to your point about the culture being a problem, this, you know, during all the title nine stories, it was painted probably pretty accurately that, the culture was bad in the roots of the program. I mean, it was, yeah. it was top down. And, you know, when we started this search, coaching search and there were, there were reports that Woodward for better or worse, did not want anybody connected to less miles or Edo's run. And I think that probably has to do a Great lot with point. the cultural stuff and a lot of yeah. with the PR side, you know? So, cause even it's such a good point. Cause even the best coaches on the staff, like the, the Moffitts, right? Tommy Moffitt, Corey Raymond, yeah. like the best guys, they are guys who have been here for 15, 20 years. They are exactly like you, like, thank you for saying that, are intertwined with literally the worst of these 12 years. I know there's the 2019 season, but really we're on about 11 years of like pretty troubling times at LSU in a lot of ways. So, like, that's a great point. Like, these are the guys who are multiple staffs worth of, again, just LSU. I don't know. I'm not saying good or bad. Well, the thing is, so, you know, when you, when you give that edict at the start of coaching search, it's it eliminates Dave Aranda. It eliminates probably Lane Kiffin since he's so connected to Coach O. Uh, it eliminates a lot of good names that maybe you would have wanted to see. But I, I think Scott Woodward is getting his wish, and I think that they are remaking the program. Well, I mean, again, we have to reserve judgment on how it ends up. I mean, we could be on this podcast in a year and a half and be like, "Oh my God, what happened?" But you got to give him a chance. I mean, he's he's doing it. He's not just you know, paper macheing over all the problems or, you know, anything. So, and that's, let me add another caveat there that you said, that's not to say that these specific guys that are, are, are being let go were problems, but there are a lot of people that are leaving. I mean, it's not, we can't even pinpoint just one of these coaches as the problem. And I don't even know if there are problems, but the, the story is that Brian Kelly is making wholesale changes to this program Right now, he has one coach that he is retaining, and that coach had been here for one year. No, even better, he came in June. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's he's last second of the Ocean era. Yeah. So it's it, it. You can't even think that Brad is like. 
I know he's a Baton Rouge guy, but he's <laughs> he, he hasn't he's been in that, that building yeah. for a long time. So, um, it, and my theme is, here really is like these things are areas of gray, right? I don't think Brian Kelly's like I don't know if he had a you know black and white stance of nobody from that era. Like I think it's probably complicated, but like yeah, I think these things just kind of come together if that makes sense. Well, he's also clearly taken his time because. I think, and then this can segue into our next topic of conversation, yes. which is the coordinators, is that I think everybody thought and hoped that he would have a couple guys quick. You know, you saw Jeff Levy go to Oklahoma pretty quickly <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, yeah. and he hasn't done that. I mean, we we can address the news that kind of trickled out this morning that LSU is looking at Kentucky uh, defensive coordinator. What, what is his name again? His name is also Brad, right? Brad White, yes. We Brad White. Brad's. I, I, I every time I, I think about it, I think about Brad Davis, and then I say, no, he's already on. Staff. Brad Davis. Also, I've gotten Brad Davis mixed up with Brian Kelly, like a similar cadence to B name. A lot. Oh, yeah. like, if we have all these like one to two syllable B names, it's going to be a thing. But continue. Anyway, uh, there are reports. And Brody, what can you tell me about Brad White, possibly defensive coordinator at LSU? He seems like yeah. he would be a very good hire. So yeah, I. I had been hearing for about five days now that he is somebody that's definitely in the mix and that, and I can't confirm he was in town yesterday and interviewed and whatnot. Mm. Haven't really, I'll be honest, neither me or some of my colleagues have really heard much since then, you know, so I'm not exactly sure how it went, but yeah, he is a, a major target. And I have also heard from multiple people that he is long content. I mean, not that he's like on an Island there. He's long considered the LSU's DC job, like the coveted job. Like he really, I think he's had a lot of interest in that job for a while. And what I can say is I'd heard from multiple people that like he kind of evaded it last year. I think he could have probably had that job last year. And because of the Ogeron situation, you know, all that like doesn't need to be explained again. He kind of avoided it. So I, I do think he's interested and I do believe LSU is interested, but I can't speak to exactly how the interview went or where things have gone from there. It's been kind of radio silent. But yeah, Brad White is one of the better, you know, young DCs in the country. He's a really good coach. He's a good recruiter. And I think he's somebody who at least can also point to being multiple schools. You know what I mean? Where like he spent six years with the Colts and that was Chuck Pagano era. Chuck Pagano, obviously a great defensive coach, really good, you know, stretch there. And he, a lot of NFL experience, which helps. And then has now spent these last four, four, yeah, four years under Mark Stoops and building one of the better defenses, honestly, pound for pound, just raw talent in college football these four years. So I think he's clearly a great coach, clearly a guy in the come up, but also somebody who might not be like a one year and gone, right? You know, I don't know if Brad White's like going to get a head coach job after one good season. He might be there a few years. So I think he makes eight and he's pretty young. So, you know, he's, th- he's 39. So he would make a ton, a ton, a ton of sense and be a, a kind of a, as close as you can get probably to a home run as Kyra, in my personal opinion, other than like, I don't know, stealing Jim Leonard from Wisconsin or something like that. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but clearly looks kind of headed that way. Well, I mean, that would eliminate the Pete Golding rumor. So that, that, that would be nice. I don't know if it would be nice, but it, it's it, as a fan, it's nice to know um, what's happening. So we could expect – uh, some movement either way on that probably right after we finish recording right <laughs> yeah i think it's a given that you will get a text from me in about 30 minutes being like oh it's happening yeah and then we'll just but that, oh, this time we'll give you guys a, a promise we will record another one if he gets hired okay can we do that uh, for our listeners yeah. all right that's a promise right, oh, did, that I made, could, did i just over promise on, on, on wax here i mean i'm gonna type up the whole thing we're gonna send off the files and you're gonna t- you're gonna tell me that it's happening. So 
Anyway, um, okay, so defensive coordinator maybe sewn up. Let's let's move to offensive coordinator. I still haven't shown up. I haven't heard anything. Can you can you tell me things, please, Mister Reporter? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. That one's been, and for what it's worth, until Brad White, even DC, had been pretty hard to kind of hear much on. But OC has been really quiet in a lot of ways, and I think there's a few ways you can take that. One, I like you said a bit earlier, I genuinely think Brian Kelly is being very patient with this. It's something I've heard. This whole two weeks, really, it's like, hey, he was pretty patient with like he was going to focus on his support staff when he first got there. Then he was going to focus on the the current LSU commits, right? He was going to focus on them. Then he was going to branch out to other Louisiana, Louisiana targets. You know, like he ha- he had a plan here, and I don't think he's necessarily like. I'm just saying, I don't think any of this is like off his schedule. But uh, it does seem he's being patient. But also, the longer it goes, the more I wonder if. There has been some buzz around Mike Dembrock at Cincinnati, who is a very good offensive coordinator and uh, and obviously somebody who's going to be in the college football playoff this year. And let's say hypothetically it is him. And by the way, like Brad White, like I'm telling you, like they're talking. Like I can confirm that. I can't confirm anything on Mike Dembrock. So let's, mm. we're just speculating now. We have reached into a different zone of, of podcasting just for our listeners uh but yeah i mean he's say hypothetically he's here yeah it would, if he's coming it would make sense you're waiting till after signing day on that one you know you're waiting till after the playoff on that one like, right I mean, that's part of life in the new recruiting world of early signing period is like you might agree you're gonna go but you also don't want to screw your current school and all the recruits you just talked to so you kind of well you are screwing the recruits but you kind of get through signing day and then leave so that's possible uh, a few other names I've just kind of heard, but like never too much, you know. Like have heard Kendall Bryles' name thrown around. Have absolutely have heard Warren Ruggiero from Wake Forest's name thrown around, which is a a fascinating one actually because I, that that, that like, offense delights is me. fun as. What's that? It delights me. I wa- I watched like I ended up randomly so watching fun, like man. three Wake Forest games this year, and I know that's kind of Clawson's offense, you know, the Clawfence, but. I, <sighs> Get, give me the guy that can run that here because they I was going to say, and I, and I think, uh, first off, yeah, I'm completely with you. They are so fun. The stuff they're doing with, like, RPOs now is kind of just, like, even turning things on its head and even more. like a mat- And also, there's, like, a thing where Brian Kelly has a, a history of, of hiring Wake Forest assistants. And I don't even know <laughs> if he's ever worked with Clawson, which makes it even funnier. But, uh, but like, yeah. he hired Elko from Notre uh-huh. Dame, and he hired mm-hmm. – um, there was another huge one I'm forgetting. But, uh, oh, uh, Clark Lee was from Wake Forest. Like, right. he keeps doing that. So I, I think that would be one to watch, but I haven't heard much since. So I'm not. I'm just throwing names I'm hearing. But Dembrock, obviously, is a guy who, one, actually was a GA with Kelly at Grand Valley State in 86, 87. Uh, came up for a long time in the coaching ranks. Then, it, then was at Notre Dame for pretty much the whole Kelly era until becoming Cincinnati's OC in 17. He gets a ton of credit for everything they've been these last four or five years. Again, we're speculating, but it's just a name that makes a lot of sense. You know, he's a veteran, but also a guy who has some kind of modern football ideas. A lot of stuff. So I think it it would track that, that like the weight, you know, if, if it was Ruggiero or even Kendall Bryles, those two guys are very available right now. You would think, unless signing day is the thing. But otherwise, yeah, I, I completely agree. It would make it's the same reason though. The, the silence made me wonder if the golding noise was real. Because right. It's exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. And then it and then it doesn't seem as of right now like it is. But uh, so you never know. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I mean, no, I, I just it's all going to happen today after we record. Just just everybody wait. Um, 
I do Let's, think I, I feel decently confident saying I think OC will and nothing with OC will happen until like at least after the signing period. It just feels kind of safe to say. Even Brad might, even Brad White might be after that. You know what I mean? Famous, just because like these things are words, complicated. Birdie. Oh, I'm not famous saying Brad White's going to be after, but grow on. Let's move on because as we keep forgetting, LSU still has a football game on the schedule, January fourth. The classic rowdy uh, road trip for LSU fans, Tuesday night in Houston. Um, there's a problem at quarterback because there is no quarterback right now. Max Johnson is in the portal. He's gone. Garrett Nussmeyer does not want to burn his red shirt, which I get. Yeah, shoot, um, that's more stuff that happened since our last pod. It's like three guys, three major players transferred. Right. Deion Smith entered the portal. Max Johnson entered the portal like six minutes later. His brother, mm-hmm. uh, number one. 2D tight end in the country, decommitted. Just good times, man. Two questions first before we get to Max. One, what is the... there? Brad Davis said, I think it was today or yesterday, that there is some possible way that Nussmeyer could play and not burn the red shirt. Can you explain to me how that would happen? Well, my actual answer is I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's there's no precedent for that. There is not any that I have seen precedent for that, which would make me assume it's probably like if I, with that information, I would say, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd say, put my money on not happening. But I think the case would be, and it's interesting because as much as there's a precedent, there isn't precedent for the times we're in. You know what I mean? Where it is a really weird situation where Garrett Nussmeyer has played four games, but it's been like three of those games were the old fired coach putting him in in garbage time and like screwing with that probably in a mistaken way. And that's, again, I would remind you, that's what the whole Nussmeyer's talking to Jake Peets thing was about. It wasn't about like he didn't want to play. It was like, why are we wasting games on games that are over? Um, anyway, sorry. So I, I think that's the case. And also like, hey, we're in a different time now of like, quarterbacks transferring before a bowl like when would that have ever happened in history other than like these current times with the the quarterback transfer market and coaches getting fired all the time and all the early signing period these are new problems so with the a new coach old coach kind of screwed the situation up the old quarterback transferred so it's pretty unprecedented to have like this situation of like your only option is burning a red shirt like there is a chance they can be like, hey, these are uncharted territories. Give so me, so, you're, so you're talking about applying for some sort of waiver here, right? I believe that would have to be the situation. Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, and, the, rule is, the rule is pretty clear. So Yes, it is. You and know, and, 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 and Brad, Brad Davis, not Brad White, Brad Davis, uh, interim <laughs> head coach, was vague today when he was like, you know, we have contingencies in place, but we're hoping to have Nussmeyer play. And that that was basically all he said. And do I have that right? Yes. Yeah. So, he was, and he, yeah, it was pretty funny. Actually, he kept kind of like teasing us a little bit because there's only so much he can say. The only reason I'd also argue against like their case is like the decision to play Nussmeyer a fourth game was a very public thing. You know what I mean? So it's not mm-hmm. even like they can be like, wow, it's like kind of just like accidentally slipped into this situation of playing four games, like. It was like the entire discourse about should he play? Does he right. want to play? Does his family want to play? That was very publicly stated for like three weeks and they chose to play a fourth game. So yep. that's the even like the rest. It's like, oh, I could see them arguing that. But that doesn't even work when it's like it was so publicly documented. that They were like, we want to play this fourth game. So I, I think that hurts the case. Last thing on that. What is the contingency? Is it one of these two walk on quarterbacks? 
Does John Shea Kirkland play quarterback? Does he just so burn? Okay. Does, does Garrett burn the red shirt? So I guess there's a few ways I can take that. And again, this is what, how far are we in the episode right now? We're 31 minutes. So we're, we're past uh, the, the, what's the TV thing where you're allowed to curse at a certain time. I'm past <laughs> the rule of having to be like a responsible journalist. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that, but once we hit like the 25 minute mark, I feel a little more comfortable saying some things. Uh, Love it. I, I think there is like, there's, it's worth watching out for the Miles Brennan situation. That's what I've that's heard. what I wanted to get to. Yeah, What's like, Miles I, Brennan I, up to? People close to Brennan that I've talked to who normally talk to me, they're kind of like being coy and saying like, "Hey, yeah, I don't, I don't know, was that Instagram like a fading in or a fading out?" If he posted a picture of him at LSU with kind of like an ominous fade, but uh, I think that's something to watch where they're maybe poking around on that. But Nebraska's pursuing him very hard right now, among others, Southern Miss, I believe, as well. Um, so you watch for that one. You watch for Nussmeyer. And then I think after that, my just personal read on the situation is you probably then devolve into, yeah, you play Tavion Falk, who the walk-on quarterback, or maybe Matt O'Dowd, but I think Falk's the one who kind of like are they're higher on from what I always gathered. But also it's a bowl game with an lame duck coach, with an interim coach, and kind of meaningless if we're all being honest with ourselves. I bet you play the walk-on, but then you also have a lot of fun with it. You know, you play John J. Yeah. Kirkland a few series, and you just like have fun with it. So like... I think my thing is if it's not Nussmeyer or any other scholarship quarterback, the answer isn't one literal thing. It's probably at that point you just lean into it. So I think that's my best answer I can give. So is is the inkling that if Miles Brennan is back to play the bowl game, is Miles Brennan back to be the starting quarterback in 2022? You're so, Okay, wait. You're saying if Brennan comes back for the bowl, is he back? Okay. Um, I would assume he's not coming back in any world just to like – come back for a game and then still leave. Yeah. And exactly. I don't think he's, yeah, and I don't think he's coming back to like be a backup. So it's tough. Here's what I'd say. I, cause I remember telling you when he left about like four days earlier, I had conversations with people close to him and they were like, yeah, there's literally no, like they're going to be a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of writing on the wall. Johnson's gone. Like it was always kind of what I had always gathered was like, he's going to stay at least for spring. Cause it would make a lot of sense for a new coach to lean on this veteran guy for at least a year, let him go to the draft, and then Nussmeyer and Howard are ready to compete for the job. Right. That, that would make a lot of sense. That makes sense. But then, but then once Brennan left, I'm like, clearly I don't know anything. You know, like, that was kind of like a, this is clearly, I don't, there's clearly other things going on. But then the fact that he still hasn't gone somewhere means it wasn't even that someone made him an offer and that's why he was leaving. So... My theme here is uh, I don't know anything. I'm sorry. I mean, if from the reporting last week about Nebraska, you know, Miles is still in Baton Rouge. Like <laughs> the report out of the Nebraska people was that the entire coaching staff went to Baton Rouge to pitch Miles on playing for Nebraska. So, yeah. like, hey, in, what's he still doing hanging out? Yeah, exactly. So I don't think he's gone anywhere yet. I mean, obviously we know that. But, like, there was clearly no, like, previous deal existing that I did kind of speculate before. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to come back. There's also just that element of just, like, God, he can't. If I'm Miles Brennan, though, I can't risk not playing. Like, I just can't. Correct. You are going to be in your sixth year. Mm -hmm. If you get hurt again, dear Lord. You know, so it's just, like, I just still would deep down be surprised, but it would also... He kind of like makes sense for Brian Kelly with me in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like sometimes these things, the word fit doesn't mean anything, but just like feels like a good fit to me. And I don't it makes total really sense. I mean, yeah, you have a veteran so, I, and this is a quarterback who has played 
a whopping three games, started three games, but was pretty fucking awesome in those games. He was really good. Yeah. And if you have a talented team coming back under a new head coach, you could use a veteran quarterback guiding that talented team to a maybe surprisingly good year. It really makes sense. So that's what I'm rooting for, to be honest. Because I don't, I don't want Nussmeyer to play, and then we're all there's this, you know, LSU loses thirty-one <laughs> ten after, you know, Nuss is still in his sophomore struggle phase, and you know everybody's mad and everybody's upset that he he burned his red shirt for that, and I just the, the vibes would be bad if they get that waiver, sure, but yeah, yeah. Miles tracks. I, I'm rooting for Miles. Um, Let's talk about that. Really cool. At the end of the day, as much as we're like speculating on all these things, like if you'd ask me what I put my money on right now, I still probably put it on TV on Fox. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> as much okay. as I'm doing that, I'd still probably assume it's that. But what do I know? Give also, it's going to be a weird bowl. I'm just going to tell you, man. There's going to be more guys leaving, from what I understand. I've, I've heard some things about multi, like a decent number of players being academically ineligible, and they're still waiting on finals and stuff. <laughs> like it's going to be like LSU versus Florida level roster uh, going into that game. So it's just like it's going to be weird, man. So I like those like, chances. Me, <laughs> listen, man, our data on this so it's good <laughs> the for data, us. Too. The data is good. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like I don't know if I was running a program, I'd just be like, guys, like, why are we like going through all this drama of like getting a waiver for Garrett Nussmeyer for a six and six bowl game that like no one's eligible for? I don't know. If but that's, if, that's if, if this LSU road. team that the last two years has lost players to opting out to being hurt, to leaving, and that has shown fight the last, the end of the last two years with, with big wins, and then they win a damn bowl game with a walk-on quarterback. Just <laughs> I, Somebody should write a book about the last two years. I think that might be you, Brody. So. It's proof nothing matters. It, it, you know, I think it's just like my life motto from these last like 24 months. It's just nothing matters. <laughs> Oh man, it's exhausting. Ooh, it's like I'll, I'll try to like sit here, here like using actual like sports writer brain just for like months, just being like, listen. But the the stuff rate combined with the you know the talent <laughs> composition, you know, like there, and then it's like, oh what? Oh, Max Johnson for three drives went like twelve of thirteen for hundred fifty yards to beat A and M. All right, yeah, this is all nonsense. So I hope, like I don't know. I hope our first podcast of twenty twenty two includes the phrase Tavion Fox added EPA. <laughs> We can make that happen regardless, man. Uh, <laughs> okay, last last just, thing. Just like, is, is Walker Howard sweating? Yeah, a lot of that talk. Right, yeah. Last thing I, I want to do, uh, another L- former LSU quarterback, Max Johnson. Our, our colleague Max Olson wrote this morning for The Athletic that Texas A&M uh, basically started pursuing Max Johnson right after he entered the portal, which is just fascinating to me. And that makes a lot of sense now because Zach Calzada, the quarterback who – Struggled against LSU, uh, but memorably led them to a bonkers upset win over number one Alabama. Is gone. He is transferring, which and I know Texas A&M has a couple of five stars coming in in these awesome uh, recruiting classes that really bum me out. But uh, a fascinating fit. I mean, the last time we saw Max Johnson was beating Texas A&M in Tiger Stadium. And then the other part is that Max has that talented little brother who decommitted the minute that Max entered the transfer portal. So you would assume that Max would have a lot of suitors, both for his services as a very good serviceable quarterback 
and also as a lure for his talented brother that's a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Do I have that do so, I have that straight? I believe so. I think so. I don't think you missed anything. Yeah, I mean A and M makes sense in some ways, it makes very little in others, you know, where it's like and I trust Max's source on that hundred percent, so I buy it. Uh it's just like Haynes King is Haynes King was still the guy better than Calzada. You know, like he was supposed to be the guy. So Haynes, and maybe he's just he can't trust his health. Like that's valid. But Haynes King is in theory back next year. He's only he's still going to be. Uh, he was the same class as Johnson. Yeah. So he's only going to be a third year guy, redshirt sophomore. Uh, they're bringing in. And granted, I, people overreact to like Walker Howard and Connor Weichman and all these guys. Like most likely, guys, the true freshman's not going to start for teams of these calibers. Like they are amazing t- players, but they're just probably not ready yet. But anyway, so you got Haynes King and Connor Wegman, the five-star quarterback in A&M. In some ways, you're like, huh, is Max Johnson really going to go to that situation? But in other ways, it makes a lot of sense. Johnson is far more proven than any of those other two quarterbacks. He also just like, and again, this actually falls in the same uh, uh, irrational Brody talking category, but he feels like a good fit with Jimbo Fisher, uh, like his offense in some ways. I can kind of see that working. But yeah, so I I buy it. It's probably the level... Johnson can be at just it would be a surprise but in, I mean Jimbo Fisher to get a front row seat to watching Max Johnson pick him apart to the final fourth quarter so who knows for like one drive in the fourth quarter <laughs> hey man I, I'd, I'd argue he had a good game overall but yeah oh, man yeah he did, he did. I, I can't wait I, to I, see him in a new uh, gone no I'm just saying that the storylines of this transfer portal and guys going SEC to SEC and like the image of LSU traveling to College Station next year to face Max Johnson is just so rich to me. And uh, going to Florida to play, or yeah, going to Florida to play Corey Raymond. And Billy Napier. Love it. We love the drama. Yeah, good times. SEC, man. It just means more. Uh, uh, okay, it's it's about our time, which means that LSU is about to make a flurry of hires. Um, <laughs> if they do, if I post on Twitter about, uh, you know, oh, man, we have a new podcast, please just listen. And then tweet some nice things at me about how we are just the wisest men and we are, uh, what do they call them in Minority Park? Precogs. Yes. We are the precogs. precogs. Brody and I are in those little tubs of goo recording this podcast and <laughs> foreseeing the future. Wait, before we go, I, I need your thoughts on Brian Kelly dancing. Oh, I don't care. Like... That's the right the most, answer. I respect it. It, it just seemed most, like right up your alley. That's why it I was asked. the most cringy dad shit I've ever seen. And you know what? I'm ready. Bring it on. Because the cringy dad dancers are normally the good dads who have their shit together, who don't care about Great dancing. Point. And my man is going to win 11 games next year. And it's not going to matter. So we can we can also, post all we can post about how cringe it was for forever, but. You ever seen Nick Saban dancing on a stadium like that on a, on a, on a, a podium? Nah. I know. I, it's like, first off, people being like, is this going to hurt recruit? What are you talking about? Just like calm the F down. Like, what are you saying? No, it's not. Two, it's like, I the only reason I want to bring this up is because my thought on this is like, I just, this, this sometimes social media just drains me. I like, I, the second I saw it, I'm like, I'm just getting off Twitter. But. <laughs> It was like the second I saw that, my immediate thought was like, oh, that just reeks of like Walker Howard probably going to do his thing on the podium like all of the recruits did where they twirl around. And it was probably like, you know, having fun with it. Like, Coach Kelly, you got to get up here with me. And Coach Kelly's not going to say no to the five-star quarterback. He's like, oh, okay. Like, that's what that reeked of. It reeked of Walker Howard being like, Coach, you got to get up here with me. Like, 
This isn't Brian Kelly being like, I'm cool, watch this. Does anything in Brian Kelly's life ever make you think that he would be like, guys, I have an idea? Like, no. Yeah, so, no. It's just, sorry, I just had to say that because it drives me crazy. I'm like, I'm not trying to, trying to defend Brian Kelly. Also, Walker, the point, the reason we know about this was Walker Howard was tweeting, that's my coach. So this is a win for him. Like, <laughs> like, let's say, you know, w- one of the only concerns that anybody had was that Brian Kelly was not put my hand in the ground and recruit. And now he's dancing on stage with a five-star quarterback. Like, that's called growth. (laughs) That is called growth. I I think that's a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. People are like, man, that's going to hurt recruiting. That's so embarrassing. I'm like, literally the only reason we know of this is a five-star quarterback is tweeting, that's his coach. How how is your takeaway from that? It's hurting recruiting. Our only evidence from this is how it's helping recruiting. What are you talking about? Beautiful. Beautiful. Give give me more cringe dancing. Sorry, I want it's it, always Brian. the dumbest things that make me the most mad. If you can't tell, so I apologize. Uh, Brian, if you're listening, I want ten more da- videos of you dancing with top tier recruits. Just do it. Or like, what if he just starts leaning into this too hard, and like that's where it gets cringy, where he's just like Harold Perkins. Do, do, do you want me to dance? Like that's that's probably where it gets bad. That's fine. Who cares? Do it. Also, we just didn't talk about signing day for a second on a 45 minute pod the day before signing day. It's it's okay. We'll do a recap. You know. All right, all right, good. <laughs> all right, Brody. I think I think we need to we, we need to be done here. All right, but one more thing. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. All right, I'm all right, everybody. Today, expe- expect all the hires right now. Farewell, friends. Thanks for listening. See ya.